Okay, it looks like that sign says Apple Dog. Ap- Apple Dog. I'm, I, I'm not even sure what that is. Hold on, glasses. Hold on. Uh, applause. Applause. It's applause. Okay, Greg, could you flick the light on that sign for me? Thank you. Thank you, Greg. Thank you, Greg. All right, everybody, here we go. Now, remember, you are all a big part of Weibo.tv, so the better you are, the better BJ is. All right, you see that nice lady? She's giving me a sign. That sign says we are on in 10 seconds. Okay, get ready to have a good time. Joining BJ on the show today will be Caped Joel. That's right. Okay, here we go. This is exciting, isn't it? All right, everyone, quiet on set, please. In five, four, three, Hey, hello. Welcome to another edition of Weibo.tv. I'm your host, BJ Mendelson. I'm along today with Cape. Do you want Cape Joel as your name? Like, because I I always ask people, like, what name do you prefer? What are your pronouns? And then yours yours was just the only one that was like Cape Joel. And I'm like, what? Says screen name? Or? <laughs> it, it is one of those funny things where I think more people probably know me by my screen name at this point, but my screen name is my real name. I feel that was a thing for YouTubers a couple of years ago where it's like, well, I don't want to just be known by my channel name forever, so I should probably put my real name in there. So yeah, Joel is fine. I'm not going to make you call me Cape Joel because that <laughs> sounds like a hell of a diva-ish thing to do. <laughs> someday, someday I hope that you get to the point where you can be like, call me Cape Joel. You must, and only green M&Ms. And they can't make eye contact with you as you're doing the interview. Uh, No, never. So let me ask, so you, so how long have you been using, your primary vehicle is YouTube, is that right? Yes. Okay, so tell me, how long, how long have you been making YouTube videos? Oh man, uh, when did that Ryan Reynolds Green Lantern movie come out? Oh God, Uh, I saw it. Like two, I saw it with my ex-wife. 2008, 2009. Yeah, so it's got to be about 2008, 2009. So, so that long, uh, I, I was just like, l- l- like everyone, you know, I was just like doing it in a bedroom and everything there, just talking about like superheroes before they even became like the major bread and butter of the internet with what it feels like. And uh, I-, I guess one of my videos caught on. I uh, got asked to join a bigger comic book podcast at the time. And uh, yeah, I hung out with them for a few years, kind of learned the trade. And for like the last number of years, I've been more or less a solo act, doing my own things, weekly reviews, podcasts, and uh, fun collaborations like this one. Well, tell me, so being, you were early. And so did you see, did you see a wave occur? Like where you were putting out videos and maybe there wasn't a lot of traction, but then you saw like, you know, the Avengers came out three years after you started and then did you was that sort of the moment where you saw like that that wave i saw it for other people i didn't really feel it uh so much for myself i feel like i'm one of the last type of youtubers who was really able to do this where i didn't go viral overnight i just kind of chipped away at it for a number of years to where it's like, okay, I'm, I'm making more money than I'm losing at this now. So I guess, I guess I'm established and I guess I'm here, you know, some of the other channels, you know, I've worked with and worked for, you know, uh, comic pop comic story and they they kind of hit a moment where they like caught fire and there was no stopping them. Me, I, I, I kind of just chip at it. And like, there's, uh, th- there's like months and years that are better for me. Like, uh, what is it? Whenever young justice is on TV, my numbers actually spike. Those do very well for my channel, but unfortunately, I can't just talk about Young Justice every day of the year. <laughs> well, it, it's a pretty damn good show. I I was it is. I was late to it. I'm ashamed to admit. Like I, it had premiered after I I sort of got out of watching uh, mm. the anime series, and it's only recently I've come back. I'm like, holy shit, this is great. 
I mean, can't blame me either because it was off TV for like a decade too, and right. then came back. That's right. So let me let me ask you. So with YouTubers, I'm always curious as to what the process is in making these videos on schedule and mm-hmm. putting them out regularly. Can you just walk us through what it like constructing a typical typical video and what that looks like? Right. Okay. So it used to be new comic books uh, only ever came out on Wednesday. Now, because uh, DC left Diamond, now we got a Tuesday and a Wednesday, which means I wake up, grab my books normally digitally because I can't always make it to the store and because it's a lot easier when it comes to making like thumbnails and everything. I grab them. I, I used to read everything in one day, but now as I get older and because I need more of a personal life, I'm like, okay, what are the top titles of this week? Let me read them. And I, I used to write videos too, but I think after so many years of doing it, I can basically just hammer it out in one or two takes, you know, give my rough thoughts, edit it up. I've basically used the same template since forever for my videos and no one has complained yet about it. I, I tried changing the background music once and it freaked people out. So I made sure to go <laughs> yeah. back to the old music. Change is bad. And yeah. <laughs> Yeah, ch- change is scary, you know, and that's basically how I've been doing it forever. And, you know, some videos do better than others, you know, crossovers, big events and everything that gets more eyes on the channel and everything. But I try and stick with something as best I can. And because I'm my own boss and I'm my own editor, basically, if I don't like a book, even if it's popular, I can just move on to something else I do like. That's awesome. Is there so just being a comic book nerd, I have to ask, what, what are you currently reading? Oh, man, uh, just a, uh, like uh, almost everything <laughs> is what I'm reading right now. Uh, I think I just checked the numbers before I started. Uh, that new Spider-Man Beyond they're doing is doing really well on the channel. People are really invested in that right now. I've completely missed out on that. I um, Right now, I, you know, so I, I stick to a budget in my comics. Uh, mm, otherwise, understandable. It get, otherwise, it gets out of control. So I only have. Slot. Oh, it's nuts, especially right. now. Yeah. So I only have room for two. And so the two I have right now are The Thing. Because I'm a big Walter, mm. I'm a big Walter Mosley fan. Yeah. Uh, I fucking love his books. And uh, from DC, it's the One Star Squadron. Oh yeah, yeah. from uh, from Mark Russell. Two two amazing books that I still need to pick up because they're kind of cult and kind of niche. And I'm like, oh, I love right. these so much, but I fear they won't do good on the channel. But yes, I, I love both those guys as well. Is that so? Is that a concern when you're when you're picking and selecting? For the YouTube channel, are you kind of like, all right, so Spider-Man Beyond, we know, is, is like the big thing. We know the Reckoning or War is coming, so you, you'll probably like pick that. So is that sort of how you decide? Yes and no. Again, if I if I was just, you know, do it completely cold and calculated, yes, I would only do the big events and big stories. But, you know, I like to do some smaller stuff, too, like uh, Detective Comics right now from Mariko Tamaki yes. is great. It's it's weekly right now. It's Shadows of the Bat. It's the entire Bat family who's not Batman. And she's taking this opportunity to tell a really interesting, like, con game story that, like, feels like it actually belongs in Detective. That's great. That she that I'm really liking. She to me is one of those like unsung writers that she does very much does so. not get the hype that she deserves. So her run on She Hulk was great. Um, so I always sure was. I always recommend that to people. So love that uh, run with her. Also, too, you know, a woman writing a mainline Batman yes. book. Why did it take so long? Yes, yeah. <laughs> she's not. The, she's not the first though, right? Like I, I could swear there there might have been 
Well, correct me for if I'm single wrong. one-offs, but this is the first like ongoing. Uh, that's crazy to me. The character is over eighty years old. It's I know, and this is the first and only time. And it's not even the main Batman book; it's the secondary Batman right. book. Right. Although historically, right, it's the first. Yeah, it like, came yeah. first, yeah. so technically, it is the one that should have more history behind it. Though it's weird; they have a weird relationship with Detective Comics yes. and Action Comics. Historically, they like them for the numbering, but they always feel like also rands. Yes. Yeah, they've, they've in my lifetime they've always been the second book like detective was the one that you bought if you had extra money Mm. like action is actually pretty interesting right now with philip kennedy johnson because obviously superman's son john is leading the main superman book and we're getting a cool kind of like gladiator story with superman on war world so this is one of those times where it's like no no no. if you normally skip action you should really read action now because it's cool hey it's me god i know it's been a while and I haven't been the best dad, especially this century. Well, I was going through some shit, and you know what? I'm not going to talk about it. All you need to know is that I'm doing commercials now. I've got bills to pay, too. Do you have any idea how much I just lost on crypto? A lot. A lot. And so now God needs your money. Like, for real this time. Not like all those other times every Sunday. You know who else needs your money? B.J. Mendelson. So give him $5 by visiting buymeacoffee.com slash B.J. Mendelson. That website again is buymeacoffee.com slash B.J. Mendelson. Buymeacoffee.com slash B.J. Mendelson. And if you don't give B.J. your money, you and I are gonna have problems big ones commercials suck and hopefully one day we won't need them but until that day comes we have bills to pay brother what the fuck is this copy i I don't know man bj wrote it and i think he was high when he did it how do you know he was high i just i read through it and i just have a i don't know man just read it (laughs) what kind of bills do we have to pay well, for starters, you wouldn't believe how much it costs to feed a super intelligent ape who wants to kill Superman? Yes. At first he said he would pay BJ rent, but then some asshole told the ape about squatters', squatters rights? rights? Yep. And he's a super villain, you know, so he stopped paying rent, and now we all kind of work for him? He's a terrible boss. One time he was eating some guy's face and just left the rest of him in the middle of the floor. I guess it's better than working at Amazon, though. Anyway, the apes got this cool-ass setup in the basement of BJ's mom's house. You should see it. There's this kick-ass pool down there. I have no idea how you get a huge pool in the basement of a small house, but he found a way. Separate lines, he found a way. Now, if only... The ape could remember to take out the garbage in his office before he leaves for the weekend. Everyone else does it. And that includes Stephen Wheat, who works in accounting and shits out of his mouth. <laughs> anyway, that's what's going on here in Harriman, New York, home, home of the... Yeah, man, I'm pretty sure he was high, but let's just get back to it. <laughs> now, let's get back to the show. Tell me... With the YouTube channel, you've been doing it a long time. What is your what is your long term plan with it? 
I mean, you know, just get it in front of more eyes really is all that I could say. You know, I think uh, I'm at the point now because uh, I- I'm Canadian, in case people didn't know, eh? I'm, uh, I'm from the Great White North. And one of the real problems that Canadian YouTubers, and I'm sure Australian and British YouTubers run into this too, the big sponsors are all American and all dealing in American money. And I cannot tell you how many times I have had a sponsorship deal or some sort of, you know, deal that would make me a little extra money on the back of just YouTube revenue completely fall out from under me because they don't want to do international banking and they don't want to have to send you a W-8 form for taxes. Again, uh, again, I can tell this now because it fell apart. Uh, That new Amazon show, Diabolical, uh, they had written me because I pull in pretty good numbers for my animated content. They wanted to do a thing with me, talked back and forth with them for like two weeks. And then they realized I was in Canada and then they ghosted me. Oh man. Crypto, 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 crypto. <laughs> Sorry. Tell me about whole, it. That's a whole other... now, now on the upside to that though, at least, you know, uh, they dumped me when they did before the whole comicsology thing fell apart and every comic fan under the sun hated Amazon. So I'm glad I didn't have to shell for them. So, you know what? Uh, the universe works in mysterious way. It sure does. Yeah. That, that, that is pretty great. I think so. Um, I have this set of questions that I ask people, everyone sure. on the show, and I'd love to I'd love to walk you through some of these. Some of them we've already talked about. Please do. Um, but just tell us a bit more. Tell us a bit more about you. So, like, we know Cape Joel, but like, who are you, and what's the why did you start the YouTube channel? That's what I'd love to hear. Oh man, that's a great question, and one that I actually don't get asked all that often. At all well, uh, I'm an only child from Northern Canada. There's not much to do in the town I live. Uh, basically, it's an hour away from that song, uh, from that town that the Tragically Hip sang about in their song, uh, Bob Cage. And uh, always loved comics, always loved superheroes. It was something I was super knowledgeable about, something I was super passionate about. And, you know, when I had discovered YouTube and all these really DIY creators, like actually gaining these cult followings and everything just by talking about what they loved and sharing it with people and this kind of like wonderful sense of community like, oh, hey, I remember that issue. Hey, I remember that story. And yeah, I, I kind of wanted a piece of that. I, I don't think I actually started in comic books right away, though. I think I wanted to actually be like a like a hoity-toity pinkies out film critic which, of course, just happened to hit at the same time that superhero movies were all the rage. Also, Green Lantern was 2011. I just ah, realized when okay. I looked at that, it was 2011. So, I mean, the plan is just kind of aligned in that. And, I mean, when I put out that Green Lantern review, which I think is lost to time in the internet now, I think it got copyright claimed, I don't think I ever thought that would be the thing that kicked off my career, but I guess the planets had aligned and it was just the perfect time for it. And I've just kind of gone from strength to strength after that. I've done podcasts. I'm trying to do some more video essays. Uh, I'm breaking into TikTok right now because that's that's another dirty secret of YouTube right now. If you want to be a successful YouTuber, you need to spread yourself to as many other apps as possible because here's the messed up thing. Uh, what was it? Uh, when the Eternals uh, went out there, normally you knew you were uh, like cream of the crop YouTuber if they asked you to cover it or if maybe you were one of the lucky ones in LA to get an invite. Yeah, they're not sending those to YouTubers anymore. They're sending them to TikTokers now. Which makes me feel so old. <laughs> so we, so we, you talked a little bit about building up that that muscle almost of creating mm. these. But when you first started, could you walk us through what that process was, what the creative process was like for putting together these videos? 
Uh, it was really bad in the beginning. It was just me with the cheapest camera money could buy in my bathroom of my old house because it was the only place that had decent lighting. Lighting's still a problem, actually. Again, I'm in a corner right now for this video, if people don't know. But yeah, it was that, and it was Windows Movie Maker, the original. Remember Windows oh, Movie yes. Maker? <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, so yeah, that that's where it started. I eventually, you know, realized about oh, you know, file formatting and oh, and better uh, editing software and everything. I think the one that I use, well, I still use actually, is Sony Vegas. Everyone else uses like Premiere or something, but I am very much stuck in my ways. And hey, this is what I learned on. I learned on Sony Vegas, and I'm going to keep using it. Dagnabbit. <laughs> what do you What do you have coming up for the year with, with the channel? Like, do you have big plans for some of the videos that you have coming up? Yeah, there's some stuff that I'm definitely excited for. Uh, me and my other co-host, Matt, who I know is also a fan of yours and will probably be on here talking similarly, uh, we launched a show that we're doing at the end of every month called Retro Hero Video, which is basically like kind of a video book club for like uh, old classic superhero cartoons that we all like so much. So we talked, uh, we, we built it around a theme. I'm a big fan of OSW, and I know you're a wrestling fan yes. too. So I'm like, oh, what if someone did that for superhero cartoons? And the idea being, let's have an overarching theme for an arc of shows we're going to cover. And we did very special episodes for the first one. So we did like the parental kidnapping episode of Batman, the drug episode. And last night we actually recorded uh, the racism episode of Teen Titans. So nice. that was fun. Uh, that's going to be dropping later in the week. Actually, I want to keep doing those because, you know, the podcast I normally do with Matt, we're almost at 300 episodes with that. And it's, it's kind of at the point where it's like, I think we found the ceiling for this show, and it has a very loyal fan base that I, you know, wouldn't want to do without. But also, you know, creatively, I want to try something a little different. I got a couple video essays uh, in my back pocket. I'm not really a video essay guy, but again, I see some people doing some really amazing work in that right. genre, and I wanted to challenge myself. I uh, have a project I'm working on. Uh, what is it? The history of Black Superman, because obviously there's a lot of stuff going on with Val Zod, and you know we're probably going to be getting an on-screen Black Superman at some point. And I'm like, wow, a lot of people actually don't know the rich, intricate history of Black Superman and Black Kryptonians, especially. Right. I feel like I could actually make something here and maybe get on top of that. Uh, I also was doing a funny one on giant women. I feel like that's kind of dropped off on the internet, but like since Resident Evil. Eight, everyone was talking yes. about giant women. Yeah. <laughs> and the more I looked into it, I'm like, we know historically geek culture has actually always been obsessed with giant women since like Attack of the 50 Foot Woman. Is there something here? I think there's something here to write about. I so, think so, you know, just just try to diversify. The weekly reviews will always be my bread and butter, and those will always be there. But I just kind of I don't want to rest on my laurels. I don't want to just uh, do the one thing, and I'm hoping that one of these other things I'm doing may catch fire. Yeah, you never know. Um, and you're doing this, you're doing the thing that everyone's supposed to do, right? Like you're following the trends, you're looking what you're doing the research into the historical data of you're right. Like geek culture has always had a thing for enormous mm. women. Um, for some reason, <laughs> I have never heard it articulated or said out loud until today. But I'm I'm glad that you <laughs> you said it. Cause well, I, here's hoping if I do my job well again, you know this uh, thing. I think I've only had the I'm really bad at this in my own writing, where I'll write the intro and then it'll sit on my computer for a couple months, and then I'm like, okay, when I get a moment, I will come back to this at some point, and then I'll do it in a couple more bursts, a couple more bursts. Because again, I'm making like one to two review videos a day, basically, to stay on top of it. Because comics unlike other sequential media comics don't have an off season they never 
never stop. They keep coming and coming week in, week out. The closest thing I had to a vacation was when COVID kicked off there and there was like, what was it, like a month there with no new comics? And even then, DC was smart and they're like, hey, don't we have a bunch of good digital books we've been sitting on? Let's re-release them. It's true. And so the, the thing I want to ask you, because it sounds like you're, you're constantly like trying to keep up with everything. Is there a tool mm-hmm. that you use or is there something that you would recommend others use to kind of help in that process of keeping up with the trends? Huh, well, I mean, you know, I, I, I'm very connected to social media, maybe too connected as some might say. I mean, hey, we we know each other from Twitter is the thing. That's how I got on here. We've been following each other in the same circles for a while. But yeah, I try and stay connected then to stay on top of things. Uh, what does that mean? Just looking at the new releases, for books, the new releases for movies, and you know, the companies are getting better and better at doing multimedia, where it's like, oh, is this character getting a movie pitch? Like, like Black Knight is in Eternals, and now Black Knight is on a new team. And I'm like, ah, so now people they're hoping people will be interested in Black Knight. Peacemaker also big deal. Oh, Peacemaker's in everything now. How about it? Let me ask you, this is a tangent, but I think it's an important one because I, I I'm a big believer that DC should have a ongoing black label series of peacemaker mm. that kind of mirrors the james gunn uh and the reason totally. the reason why i mention this is that they they did put out a peacemaker comic that was black from label garth ennis and i wanted to ask your opinion on it because it's kind of jarring when you look at that to the tv show here's the i haven't read it it's on my shelf i okay. have like breezed through it and i'm like oh this is totally different than the show and also different than the original man they i i don't think they thought that peacemaker would hit as big as it did or that people would be as invested in the TV show version. It's also kind of like a crazy bit of multimedia chess, too, because you think right. the Peacemaker show probably got greenlit because something like The Boys did so good, showing that there is a hunger in an audience for R-rated superhero stories. The Boys was written by Garth Ennis. They get Garth Ennis to write the Peacemaker comic, and it's this weird, crazy, yep. Ouroboros eating its own tail. <laughs> It's it's a wild thing to me, um, and I've been on the inside of like that corporate decision making, and it's just it's not logical. Like the way you've described it is more logical than from what I've actually encountered. Then it actually is. Yeah. I'm sure it's just like, hey, would Garth like to do this? Garth sells, and they're not asking him to write any new Punisher stories, so you know, let's get this. Yeah. And then you have the lawyers who are adamant that the character must be at least 25 percent different from what's on, yep. on TV. Otherwise, they won't they won't do it. And comics being comics, it's like, yeah, this is the new origin now, but like in a year, they might just throw it away and do something yes. new with it and say, yeah, that didn't count. That didn't happen. Yeah, I'm willing to bet a dollar that's what happens with this Peacemaker comic. Because um, he's just too popular and too beloved. Heck, uh, they're ending the Suicide Squad book that he's a member on right now. Right. Let me let me, let, let me throw this out there. I, I, I bet you five dollar dues that when they eventually bring Suicide Squad back, they're going to make it even more like the movie. They're probably going to call it Peacemaker maker and the suicide squad yep i would take that bet i would absolutely take that bet uh and so or they'll or they'll, re, or, or, or they'll resurrect pax americana and be like okay now this is just the team with all the charlton heroes we're right. not using yes yeah it wouldn't surprise me um man I, man do i want i just want them to ask james gunn to write it totally. that's why I want oh yeah them. the the, the man has such a passion and such like the way that he can cut to the core of these like weird, like not even D-list, like F-tier, like no one right. cared who Peacemaker was before the show and the movie. They cared who the comedian was, the character he was based on, which I think is one of the only times that's ever happened. A character has been superseded by their own like, uh, right. what is it, like deconstruction version. The only other one I could think of, and it's only because he hasn't had a film yet, is Neymar. 
right? Because mm. Aquaman had a film. It was a huge, yeah. I thought it was a little too long, but it was a huge hit. And he, he's just 30 years later, DC's Neymar. Um, Tell me about it, yeah. Me, Maybe once they start doing something with the X-Men, they'll really embrace <laughs> the whole, you know, first mutant aspect. I, I hope so. Keep my fingers crossed. Um, tell me about your audience. Tell me about like when you make these videos. Who are you making? Who do, who do you think your audience is? And, and were you surprised to see if you were right, or did you have to make any adjustments? Ooh, another excellent question. Well, you know, uh, it's funny. Uh, I, I don't even know who gave me this piece of advice. I'm sure it's a creator who probably doesn't even make videos anymore. But they said something to the effect of make the sort of video that you yourself would want to see. And I guess that's the way I've always done it. I've made it for an audience of myself. I'm just thankful to know that there are a lot of other people in the internet comic book sphere that feel a lot like me and are interested in this sort of thing. But yeah, my my audience is super cool, a lot more diverse than, you know, I thought like a chubby white dude with a chin beard could possibly be. And, you know, I am always, you know, taken aback and just, you know, so overjoyed when I see, you know, someone enjoy my work. Because again, small northern Canadian town, mostly pretty white. So the fact that, you know, that this is my way to kind of interact with people is amazing. Uh, we, we we do a, like a tabletop RPG show to uh, Capes and Crooks, which is cool. just kind of me like riffing on the Thunderbolts with my friends and everything and rolling some dice. Uh, I was checking the analytics on that. Apparently 10% of the audience that watches that show, uh, what is it, considers themselves non-binary. And I'm like, that's a very interesting statistic. Also cool. Hello, non-binary yeah. friends. I'm glad I can make something you like. That's awesome. Did you? Yeah. Tell me. Tell me what the big picture is. Like that's that'll be my my second to last question for you. Like what is mm. what is the the end goal of the YouTube channel? I mean, I guess just make it to the point where I can keep making the content I like that I've been doing, but also be able to pay my rent and be more comfortable. And you know, I think I think it's a common misconception in the YouTube world which I think comes from the business world too. And that is like, you know, if you're not, if you're not expanding, you're dying is the thing. But I think channels like mine are proof that you can chip away at it. And if you make a little more this year than you did last year and you get more followers than you did last year, then you're in a better, better position. You know, incremental growth is still growth. And I feel like too many YouTubers give up too early because they didn't get that big viral gate out of the hit. And again, I don't blame them for it because YouTube has basically rigged the system now to where if you don't get a viral hit out of the gate, then you're going to be doing your channel at a loss basically forever now. Because it used to be when I started, you could turn on monetization right away. You could turn on ads right away. Now you got to get like X amount of subscriptions and X amount of hours. Watch. It's a lot of hoops you got to walk through. I do not envy the new young YouTuber starting up. And that's, you know, kind of YouTube too shooting themselves in the foot where it's like well now you're gonna miss out on the next big star but i think youtube in their own weird way is like we don't want the next big star we just want to make money off who we already have and yeah that's kind of where i'm at it's like you know another thing i really want to do big picture is do what i'm doing now because i think i view myself as a bit of a creative hermit in a way i don't really do a lot of interviews i don't really do a lot of collaborations maybe that's just my own weird psychosis where i think like my friends secretly hate me and everything's and i think everyone's too busy to work with me and everything and i'm trying to break that that was like my new year's resolution where it's like look you know if we're if we're heading into year three of a pandemic and everyone else is working from home then maybe i should work up the courage to ask other people to see if they right. want to do a thing and want to collaborate 
elaborate on more stuff. So thank you for giving me that option and giving me that chance to do that. that that's that is exactly word for word why why the show exists. It's a it, it's a good concept. I like it there. Yeah. Well, what are you working on? Yeah. Well, tell me. So in your in so within your network, who do you think does cool work that you would want to give a shout out to that that you think I should talk to next? Oh, for sure. Uh, there's a couple of people, actually, who I like a whole lot. Uh, obviously, Sal from Comic Pop comes to mind. I think they actually just uh, crossed 100,000 on their YouTube channel. They've been at it forever. Just the nicest dude, just the nicest group of people make super fun and interesting videos. If you've never seen his show before, it's basically him looking at famous trades and comic stories and explaining it to his two friends who don't read comics. <laughs> And it's just them constantly asking questions that non-comic readers would ask. And it's 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 beautifully simplistic and wonderful because their questions are great and they come into it with human logic that endlessly flummox people like you and me who have read comics forever. And it's like, well, I I, I didn't think of that actually <laughs> until you mention it because I'm, I'm going at this with superhero logic. Uh, Johnny Two Cellos, uh, he's a guy, I just started following him recently, really good dude. Uh, he does animation reviews. Uh, on his channel, uh, really good, solid ones. Like even talking about shows that you wouldn't expect, like really deep character dives on like the interpersonal relationships and like King of the Hill. He did a really nice. amazing video just recently where he ranked every single episode of Futurama. Wow. Yeah, which is so much work to put in. He's great. Johnny's one of those guys who I figure if I never became a comic book YouTuber and like focused entirely on cartoons, my channel would probably be like his channel. And uh, I, I got to give a shout out to to uh, Aaron Professor Thorgy, who's uh, one of my players in my Capes and Crooks RPG game. Uh, he used to be a comic book YouTuber, but he actually got so burnt out on comics, he ended up completely focusing on game stuff now, specifically fighting game stuff. And his channel is really exploding, and I think that's so awesome that this dude wasn't happy with what he was doing, but went and did something else. And it's actually paying off for him now. Like I, you never see that happen in YouTube. You never see someone change stream and go and do something else. Right. Yeah. Usually they stick with the channel and they just grind it out. And usually you get punished by that, either with the algorithm or by your own fan base turning on you, but he actually made it work. And that's just like endlessly inspirational for me. Yeah. No, I think it's inspirational for all of us, you know, like that's, mm -hmm. uh, so tell us where we can find all your videos. Uh, well, you can find me over on the Cape Joel channel. That's Cape hyphen Joel. I, man, when I, I, I came up with that title on like a whim one day when like one job had ended and I'm like, okay, I need to really start putting my own work out there. And I put the hyphen there cause it's spider hyphen man. So I'm caped hyphen Joel only to have people tell me later where it's like, actually YouTube doesn't like excess punctuation there. You should probably get the extra punctuation out of there. And I'm like, ah, but I've had it for too long. It's on all my art. I'm not going to, uh, you can find me there. Uh, what is it there? Uh, like I said, I'm starting to do TikTok now. Uh, that's Cape Joel, all one word. Mostly it's just me talking about shows. Like I talked about all the Peacemaker over there because even though animated show reviews do really well on my channel, live action stuff does not. But TikTok eats stuff. I also talk about some wrestling stuff over there. Obviously, we're on the road to the next big AEW show. So I talk about some stuff heading up over there. So uh, honestly, as old as TikTok makes me feel, it's kind of freeing too because I notice TikTok doesn't punish you for trying different stuff the way YouTube punishes you for trying different stuff. So I'll just screw around and make a little three-minute video about anything. And it's actually kind of nice to have, you know, your creative muscles worked out in that regard to where it's like, okay, I got to get this out in three minutes now. 
Oh, it's great. And have it and have it be interesting and add up. So those are the two places you can find me. I do Twitch sometimes, but I'm not a streamer. Again, nothing but love and respect for the people who can make that part of their day to wake up and be like, okay, I am just going to play video games now and do it. I, I feel that would burn me out quick. And I've tried to do it, but every time I try and do it, I'm like, no, I like to play video games to relax. I don't I talk into a microphone enough. Yeah. No, it's it's hard. It's hard to separate the two the yeah, because like, you want to make everything content. When you're a content creator, everything's like, oh, I, oh, absolutely. And then, yeah, I've I've had that with like the PS4, where that's mine. You know, I, yeah. that's my time to just play and not. So I, I totally understand. Y- you got to have time for yourself, and like I say, like comic books are my job. And like I would love to be reading the thing, and I would love to be reading One Star Squadron, but it's like I only have X amount of time in a week. Exactly. And, and it's like you know I, I got to wait for these in trades, or I got to wait for a slow week. That's that's why I started another show called The Story So Far, which is basically just hey, I found time to read a trade <laughs> I like, and now I need to make a video about it. Oh, I like that. That's. It's a great concept for a show. You have like all yeah, these great but, concepts. Like, so all of these are on your YouTube you. channel. Like all of these are on Cape type and Joel. Yep. They're all there. Uh, again, I got all the playlists set up there and everything. I got that. Uh, yeah, I got the story so far. I got capes and crooks. I got a uh, retro hero video that we're working on. And hopefully I'll have some more video essays out soon within this year. That's my plan to try and knock those out. And uh, I'm a one man content machine to a lot of these bigger YouTubers. The dirty secret I found out with them is that they actually do pay editors and writers and everything else. And I'm like, you you guys can't afford to do that. Yeah. I uh, I won't name names, but here's an actual li- real juicy story here. There's a guy out there I know who he got his videos edited for years. I don't know if he still does this, but he basically paid guys who were like really into World of Warcraft their like subscription every month to edit his videos. That's a pretty sweet deal. I'm not gonna lie, that's amazing. Like that's it is. And then in the back of my mind, I'm like, man, is that like the cyber equivalent of having like a base slave? Basically, like, hey, I'm feeding your addiction. Do work for me. That's amazing. Because I I just think about going on Fiverr and dropping like 150 bucks versus paying someone's World of Warcraft subscription. <laughs> like it's Fiverr is great, by the way. I use that for D and D artwork and for lots of other stuff. Fiverr is a great resource. Well, I want you to come back when you have your first video essay for the year, like when you have your first new one. Would you do oh, that? Oh, well, thank you. Yes, absolutely. I would love to do that. Yeah. Oh, cool. So that was I, uh, okay. I, I- I kind of tested the water on one, too, if people are interested to see what that might look like. I did, uh, when Falcon and Winter Soldier came out, I did a little piece uh, on, like, uh, Marvel movies in the military-industrial complex. That was my first time, like, uh, dipping my toes in it. Because remember, there was, like, a month there on Twitter where people would not shut up about this. Yep. And I was it was one of those things where it's like, this could be a tweet thread or this could be a video. And I decided to be a real big boy content creator and make it a YouTube video where I'm just like, yes, you know, sometimes you got to watch out for this thing. But here's the thing. So many studios also do it. It's the dirty business of filmmaking. Do you want a tank? Do you want a Jeep? Well, guess what? You got to sign on with the Pentagon to do it. That's right. Yeah, I think a lot of people don't understand that there's there are all these rules and restrictions about access and yeah. oh yeah it's a bummer but um so i would like to see definitely see the next video essay and um yeah well, thank I'd, you. I'd love to have you back so absolutely you know i'm pretty i'm pretty upset that the mets are good now why is that because now we can't experience things like when they had a 97 year old pitching coach you mean Phil Regan? Yeah, th- that guy who played for the Brooklyn Dodgers. That team hasn't even existed for 65 years. 
Like, do you understand how close we all came to having this super old guy coaching the Mets? Do you understand the kind of comedy gold that could have been, like right now when we need laughter the most? He probably wouldn't even remember who was on the team. Regan would be in the dugout chewing tobacco and saying shit like, send in Willie Mays. And then one of the guys on the bench would be like, coach, Willie Mays is dead. And then Regan would be like, the hell he is, get him in there. I don't think Willie Mays is dead. He's not. And I hope Willie Mays lives forever, I really do. But Willie Mays also hasn't played for the Mets since 1973. Anyway, I just want people to understand the potential joy that we're all deprived of now that the Mets are good. Hmm. Well, that's all for this week. If you enjoyed this episode of Weiwo.tv, you know what you need to do. Rate us and leave us a review wherever your favorite podcast can be found. That'll help people find this show and hopefully enjoy it as much as you did. You did enjoy the show, right? We're going to assume you did, because you made it to the outro. Most people don't. Be sure to follow BJ on Instagram at BJ Mendelson and tell him who you'd like to see interviewed next. You can also text your suggestions to BJ at 646-331-8341. But don't call that number. BJ says he's only going to answer if you're Melissa O'Neill from ABC's The Rookie. Also, only if you're going to ask him out on a date. We'll see you next time. Right?